At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again on the Hornets Hivecast. It's another winning edition. Hornets commanding victory at Houston 122 to 97 a team comes sprinting home out of this five game road trip finish it 2 and 3 they'll head home above 500 and uh, solidly positioned safe to say in the Eastern Conference for the moment we're going to talk about the win we're going to talk about LaMelo Ball and his candidacy for Rookie of the Year. Because the the conversation keeps getting pushed, and quite frankly, I need a new computer because I threw my old one through a window after reading the latest Rookie Ladder from NBA.com. Also, we're going to talk about this road trip as a whole. Was it a success? What do you think? Well, we're going to get the opinions of another expert as well. You see all of his fine work on the Hornets' social media platforms. Wes Robinson, back with us again on the HHC. Wes, how you doing? I always feel great to be able to get on these kind of uh, episodes when it's in a result of a win. So I feel excellent and I feel great to see fans back in the building on Friday. Absolutely. And that's a good reminder. The capacity at Spectrum Center has been expanded to roughly 5,000, an increase of about 2,000 more available seats. And since it's a pretty quick increase relative to the uh, time until the game is played, I feel safe in saying that there's probably a seat or two available for you to go ahead and snap up. So go to Hornets.com, get all the information on what you need to do to be safe as you come to Spectrum Center, socially distanced within your pod, and of course the mask policy that will be enforced at Spectrum Center. 
but we would love to have you with us at the Hive as the Hornets welcome the Miami Heat. But first, let's talk about the game at Houston. Hornets win 122-97 to in this one. The star of the show was Terry Rozier, who quickly took off in the third quarter. Outlet to Devontae Graham, lobbing to the paint for Biz. Biz to Rozier, corner three on the way, rip the net cord. Terry Rozier is absolutely on fire. He's not even hitting rim anymore, unless he wants to. He's calling rim and then making it anyways. 78-61, 25 points for Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier, another spectacular game. His 20th 20-point performance of the season, that leads the team. He has been spectacular for this squad all the way through the season and yet another incredibly impressive performance. Yeah, Terry Rozier has been playing phenomenal. I, and I, I tweeted this uh, on, on my uh, personal account and said, is this the perfect time for us to be, to be able to sit down and have a serious conversation about Terry Rozier, about how well he's been playing this season? And pretty much in a lot of these games that we've been winning and some of his biggest games, we really needed him the most. He may not start off well and maybe in the first and second quarter, but he is an excellent second half, especially fourth quarter guy. I mean, he's pretty much trailing behind only Damian Lillard and points per game in the fourth quarter and shooting effectively from three-point range. And he's been really good driving the basketball as well. I don't know. His arms must be, you know, a foot longer than they're supposed to be because he just seems to stretch out and have that long extended lay-in that no one gets close to swatting away, you know, like kind of the old-school, you know, go-go gadget, inspector gadget arms because some of his lay-ins are super impressive. He leads the way with 25 points. Devontae Graham. A spectacular performance as well, 21 points. He knocked down a team-high six threes. Malik Monk off the bench with 19. It kind of glosses over the fact that this was a close game. The Hornets were only up by three at halftime. And then in the third quarter, they pull away. A 35-15 third-quarter margin in favor of the Hornets. After the game, James Borrego touched on what changed entering the second half. We had to tighten up our defense. We talked a lot about our defensive effort there. Uh to start the third quarter and, and our guys responded. The starters were fantastic. They came out with urgency. Obviously we were making shots there, but it started on the defensive end. And I, I think we carried it out through that second half, but starters were great. They came and set the tone for the second half and we rode that wave the rest of the, the half. The defense has really been the thing that turned around this road trip. And I don't know that the defense was all that bad at the start of it. I think it's more Denver and the Clippers and the Lakers are that good. But when an opportunity presented itself for defense to take things over, the Hornets took advantage with that big win in San Antonio and now this massive victory in terms of the point margin in Houston. And I wouldn't even consider those situations as uh, losses. I, I really consider them as tough lessons for a very young team. We're the third youngest team in the NBA around 24 years old. So we're definitely a team that's still trying to find our niche and, and find a true uh, significant identity of what this young team is going to be for, for years to come. So playing against a veteran team such as the Lakers, the Clippers, and Denver, those are three teams that, that are having conversations of not only just making it to the NBA Finals, but possibly winning the championship. So to be able to have that kind of experience uh, playing the Lakers as tough as we did, and we had, we had some hiccups in Denver, especially with the Clippers, but to be able to bounce back from those tough losses and to take it to a team such as San Antonio on the road and finishing the stretch, 
against Houston. I mean, I know Houston's having a tough season, but they are a well-coached um, young team that's also trying to find their identity. And they jumped out to a very hot start and was able to snap that 20-game um, loser streak. So this is this wasn't a game that Charlotte could take lightly or sleep on because it was very important for us to be able to at least close out this road trip so that we can build some momentum going back home. Very impressive win for the Hornets over the Houston Rockets. Final score 122 to 97. Sends them back over 500 at 22 and 21. A couple other notable performances. Malik Monk, 19 points off the bench. He was really strong scoring the basketball. PJ Washington, 12 points, 12 rebounds, second consecutive double-double for him and shot the ball pretty well five of ten from the field you know he's a guy who I don't think is getting enough credit because his scoring hasn't been as consistently strong but I think people forget that this is not the same team as the year prior where he was normally the second or third option and was needed to score an awful lot and was taking a lot of attempts too now his field goal attempts are down from the year before because there was a LaMelo ball on the team because there is a Gordon Hayward on the team. So you go from attempting 10 shots a game to attempting more like nine shots a game. Seems like a subtle difference, but it, it makes a difference in your overall scoring performance. And oh, by the way, he's still averaging the same total number of points as the season before. Absolutely. He's I just shooting more sure. efficiently. I think it's, it's, it's working in, in PJ Washington's favor. I think there was a lot of pressure on him to really score the basketball because of his performance last season, but his def- definitely his usage rate has gone down because now more of the looks are going into LaMelo Ball. Terry Rozier is still trying to fit Devontae Graham back in the system. And also Gordon Hayward, who's who's been phenomenal. So it's okay to be able to, to relinquish some of your uses or opportunities to give it to those guys when they're not when they're playing the way they're playing right now. But that's a true testament of the coaching staff is that James Borrego has always coached next man up or, or players finding new opportunities to contribute to the team. So if it's not on the scoring end in the aspect, PJ Washington has now stepped up in an opportunity of something that we really um, need with this team, and that's uh, definitely rebounding. And he did a phenomenal job tonight. Uh, recorded his seventh double double, and PJ Washington. I mean, he, he's not—he's a small guy, but he's a strong-hearted guy that's willing to bang with some of the best in the NBA. And he's not afraid at all, and he's always willing to accept the challenge in any way we need him in game. Hornets win at Houston, one twenty-two to ninety-seven. We'll talk more about this one in a little bit in terms of the overall road trip. Was it a success? But coming up next, I want to go back to the rookie of the year conversation because obviously we're all saddened disheartened to see LaMelo Ball on the shelf for an extended period of time he did have successful surgery so that's great news uh, but he will be unavailable to the team for the foreseeable future he'll be reevaluated in four weeks and then maybe we'll get a more dialed in idea of if when he could return to basketball activities in some way shape or form but for now he's away but the conversation on whether or not his candidacy for Rookie of the Year is alive. That conversation is alive and well. We're going to talk about it with Wes when we continue here on the Hornets Hivecast. Buzz City, it's time to return to the Hive. There are a limited number of socially distanced tickets available for each game. Fans can expect enhanced cleaning and disinfection procedures and an upgraded ventilation system at Spectrum Center because the health and safety of the team, staff, and guests is the top priority at the Hive. Join us when the Hornets fly again Friday, March 26th at 8 p.m. as Buzz City hosts the defending Eastern Conference champion Miami Heat. Tickets on sale now at Hornets.com. Mellow ball. 
Wall offers up a runner, gets the floater to go. It's a career high, 28 points tonight for LaMelo Ball. One of the many spectacular performances from the young rookie wonder, LaMelo Ball, who unfortunately will not be on the court for the Hornets for a while. He did have successful surgery the other day in New York City. He has begun his healing journey. He'll be reevaluated in four weeks. Have not heard anything from the team that says he will definitely miss the rest of the season. Also have not heard anything from the team that says he will definitely return, depending on how long the team plays. So no one should get ahead of themselves. Let the healing process play out. The most important thing is that he makes a full and complete recovery. No reason to rush it. No reason to delay it. No reason to make any kind of assumptions at all. But the one thing that I do want to talk about with our guest today, Wes Robinson, is the Rookie of the Year vote. And there have been a variety of opinions, and I respect all the people that have weighed in on this. Well, to a certain extent, I do at least. (laughs) Wes, we've heard people say that he has not played enough games. If he were to win the award, he would do so having played the fewest games percentage-wise for his team of anyone who had ever won Rookie of the Year. So he's in uncharted waters in that regards. He's not incredibly far adrift. It's not as if he only played 25% of his team's games or 35% of his team's games. I think the lowest percentage was Patrick Ewing, who played roughly 60, and he played about 55. Lamelo did. So we're not totally into uncharted waters here. So that's point one. I've also heard people say, Wes, that Lamelo was so spectacular in the time he did play that other contenders would really have to go above and beyond to knock him off of his perch. Where do you fall on the argument before I get to what really ticked me off with the the latest rookie ladder on NBA.com? Yeah, it was definitely something that was tough to read. I do understand and respect what what the writers, um, their coverage around this, but it was very hard for me to understand uh, why LaMelo Ball's ranking drops so far after only missing one game, and it'll be two after the Houston game, but I still feel like uh, LaMelo Ball, for one, he passed the eye test. I mean, if you're a basketball fan and you've been enjoying watching the Charlotte Hornets play, you can definitely see that LaMelo Ball had a huge stamp on his team, and he, he was phenomenal to, to watch and see and to play every night. And they also, you can tell his energy, Terry Rosier spoke to this earlier in the season, is that his energy brought a lot to the locker room, and it helped out a lot of people, such as Malik Monk and, and Miles Bridges and and you've seen everybody's numbers increase. The numbers speaks for itself. I mean, you, you said that he played in the lowest percentage of games in NBA history at 56%, but he's played in 41 of right now, at the end of today, 41 of 72. And Patrick Ewan played in 50 of four, uh, at the 82. That was 61%, and, and he won the rookie of the year. So I'm not comparing them, you know, hand in hand as two different positions, but. LaMelo Ball has a lot of accolades that he can add to his resume, being the youngest to record a triple-double, being named amongst the greats, such as Oscar Robinson, passing uh, some of his, his accolades and, and records. LeBron James, even in the first 19 games, LaMelo Ball was leading in a lot of statistical categories above the great LeBron James. So that's very hard to argue that LaMelo Ball could still not be in the contention of the Rookie of the Year because – he only missed a few games. I think from the eye test and the statistics and the social media excitement, LaMelo Ball can still be the favorite to win this. And I just need some more clarification 
on why why he's dropped so low, only missing two games. Well, here's how far he dropped on the latest rookie ladder, and this is on NBA.com. And they've been doing this every week. They put out a new rookie ladder, and for the last, I don't know, couple months, LaMelo Ball has been at the top. And honestly, if they could put more room between number one and number two, if they could make it number one and number 27, they probably would do that because that's how far ahead of the pack LaMelo Ball seemed to be. But this latest rookie ladder, which was published based off the stats through Monday the 22nd. It put Anthony Edwards at number one, which I don't necessarily agree with it, but I don't have a problem with it because Anthony Edwards has been on a great tear right now. He is the leading scorer among rookies. So give you know if you just want to make it a points award, fine. Anthony Edwards is, is leading all rookies in points scored. Good for him. If you want to attribute the award specifically to that, that's fine. I, I respect the opinion even if I don't agree with it. But LaMelo didn't drop to number two. He didn't drop to number three. He dropped to number six, which leads me to say, why is he on the list at all? If you're saying he hasn't played enough games to to win the award, well, then put everyone else above him, too. You know, I, I simply yep. don't understand this. I agree with what you're saying. If you're looking at this saying LaMelo is not going to play again, if that's the assumptions you're making, and that then he shouldn't be on the list at all, you're just dropping him you're from consideration. Dropping. If you're saying we're basing this off where they are at this moment in time, I agree with you. At the end of the season, he'll have played in 56% of the games, and maybe you want to reduce him you know, at that point. But right now, he's played in 90% of the games. So give him his credit for now. If you want to drop him to number two for the reason I mentioned prior, fine, go ahead and do it. But for right now, if you're just looking off gross cumulative stats, he has more points, rebounds, and assists than every other rookie mentioned with the exception of Anthony Edwards, and Edwards has only passed him in points. So he's got more points, rebounds, and assists than Tyrese Halliburton, who's at number two for the Kings, and Emmanuel Quickly, who's at number three for the Knicks, and Jay Sean Tate, who's at number four for Houston, and Sadiq Bey, who's at number five for Detroit. And oh, by the way, all of those players, with the possible exception of Quickly for the Knicks, are on teams that are at the bottom of their conferences. They're not playing for anything right now. They're on bad teams, accumulating stats. They're all playing well. I'm not saying they don't deserve some reward or rookie, all-rookie team consideration, but none of them have come close to affecting winning the way LaMelo Ball did in his 40 games for the Hornets, with the possible exception of Emmanuel Quickly. But even he was taken out of the starting lineup recently. He's been basically a reserve player. So long story short, I'm getting all hot and bothered over this, but I don't see any way that LaMelo Ball at this stage should have been dropped to sixth. If you want to say we're assuming he's not going to play again, well, let some of those other players pass him up on the cumulative stats before you move them above him on the ladder. Or maybe this is just clickbait and I felt hook, line, and sinker for it, Wes. No, definitely. I mean, you put out great points. You actually took out a lot of stuff that I wanted to say. And, and look, I feel the frustration. As you were sitting there speaking and, and giving your analysis, I was just sitting there shaking my head, and I wish I could clap in the background as many, as many times as I wanted to because you're definitely hitting on great points. And I've heard conversations that this kind of, this Rookie of the Year campaign definitely reminds everybody to uh, and brings them back to 2017 and 18 when Ben Simmons was going for uh, Rookie of the Year. Pretty much the scoring wasn't really a huge factor. It was the opportunity that Ben Simmons had to how he could contribute to the team's success. And he and his rookie year, he averaged 15.8 points, 8.2 assists, and 8 rebounds, and 1.7 steals. 
who does what that that statistical category reminds me of Lamelo Ball. That's everything that he's doing for the Hornets this season and giving us a playoff push. We're we're now currently we're looking at around the fourth or fifth seed. So right now, if the season ended today, the Charlotte Hornets are in, and we do as the momentum continues to shift forward for us we have an opportunity to make the playoffs, not only to make it in the play-in or possibly sneak in at the AC, we could be in a comfortable spot at, the, at the, either the fourth or the fifth seed. And a lot of that, you have to contribute to LaMelo Ball. So being able to contribute in many different ways on the court and being able to make the playoffs, that's something that you definitely have to factor in with playing majority of the season, only missing uh, at 31 games. And I agree, if you're going to drop him at six, then why have him on the list? anyway, because obviously these guys are going to play more games than LaMelo Ball anyway. So there's a lot of things that have to be factored in to this rookie of the year. It's going to be interesting to see uh, down the line how everything ends up. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And I would agree with you. The one time the awards seemed to fall to a player based off you know their ability to affect winning, I would agree with you, was probably 2018 because Ben Simmons had some serious competition uh, that year for Rookie of the Year. There were other qualified you know candidates that you could have pointed to and said, yeah, that person would have made sense. You know, looking through some of the Rookie of the Month award winners, you had Jason Tatum for Boston, you had Donovan Mitchell, you had Kyle Kuzma. There were a lot of players, but quite frankly, Philadelphia, that was the first year that they really made their jump into the postseason. They went 52-30, and and I think you gave a little extra credit to Ben Simmons for affecting winning the way he did. More often than not, though, it's a stats award. You know, Luka Doncic, when he won it for Dallas, he averaged 21 points per game. Dallas was second to last in the Western Conference. John Morant, when he won it last year, the Grizzlies ended up ninth in the West, so not a playoff team. So I think this is, generally speaking, a stats award. If Anthony Edwards continues on his trajectory, I honestly don't have a huge problem with him winning it if he does end up averaging 20 points per game and he plays in all the games. You know, I think it should be close. I think LaMelo deserves a lot of credit. It's not his fault he got hurt, but it's also not Anthony Edwards either. And if Anthony Edwards ends up averaging 20 points and LaMelo come close of the season is only averaging just shy of 16, I don't necessarily agree with it, but maybe I'm too close to the matter and I at least can understand it. But I, for the life of me, can't wrap my head around why LaMelo Ball should be on the ladder beneath Jay Sean Tate and Sadiq Bey, who are both really good players, but they're on bad teams at the bottom of their conferences or close to it who are not affecting winning and statistically speaking are not in the same atmosphere as LaMelo Ball. They're nowhere close to him. So I just, I personally don't get it. Happy to take in your opinions. Go ahead and tweet us at Hornets. Uh, Tweet me in particular at Sam Farber Live. Uh, Let us know what you think, but I've got a feeling if you're tuning into the Hornets Hivecast, you're probably in my camp that uh, LaMelo Ball is not getting his due respect on this latest rookie ladder. How about the Hornets overall? They wrap up the road trip two and three. They will head home north of 500. Was this road trip a success? We'll talk about that with Wes Robinson when we roll along here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today. 
Sam Farber, Wes Robinson here with you on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets heading home after a 2-3 and three road trip. Obviously, the big headline of it is the loss of LaMelo Ball, but we're going to put that aside for this discussion, Wes, on was this road trip a success? Because if you factor in LaMelo Ball, it's clear the answer is no. Losing the, the man who should have been Rookie of the Year based off his play, if he was able to continue, that can't be considered a success even if the team had gone 5-0. and But taking him out of the equation, the team went 2-3. and The three losses are against three of the elite teams in the NBA. The two wins, one's over a playoff team. I know going into the road trip, most of the people I talked to said 2-3 and would be a really good result for the Hornets team considering the opposition. So based off those conversations, I feel good about the Hornets coming home. What is your opinion? Was this road trip a success? Absolutely. Before we we get to the road trip, we picked up some big wins uh, during during our home stretch. I mean, we picked up a road win starting it off with in Minnesota by a significant margin before we get, went went into the All Star break and then coming out three straight, um, dropping like you mentioned three teams that that are are in the finals uh, contention and to be able to understand that that those are teams that pretty much already have identities and they're a veteran team that's been around through a lot of the thick and thins through through the NBA and pretty much their goals are set to be able to bring a championship home ours as well but that team, those teams are definitely more equipped to make those kind of runs in, in, in the west and it's, it's definitely tough uh to play those games I mean we had to play Denver and the Lakers back to back that was very tough for us to come off a tough 20-point loss to Denver, and then we had to play LeBron James and, and the Lakers, uh, the defending champion. So that was something that was definitely tough for a very young team to experience. But those are great lessons and opportunities to see where we can measure ourselves because I feel like uh, the Denver and L.A. game kind of got away from us through things that we were trying to do and try to make adjustments for, but I think something we can learn from. But I really did like the challenge that we gave the Los Angeles Lakers on a back-to-back. I feel, I really feel like we did find something special. Unfortunately, our star that night was LaMelo Ball, and we lost him in the stretch. And I definitely wish him well. And, but I do like the step the next man up attitude that we carried in, into Texas where Gordon Hayward had a big game coming in. Terry Rozier still doing phenomenal. But I'm really proud of Devontae Graham over this stretch, winning six games six games and six wins in nine games, that he's starting to find his stroke again. And I think we're going to start seeing flashes of the Devontae Graham that we saw last season when he was leading the team in scoring, and he was ranked top five and three four in his maze. So a, a shooter like Devontae Graham has to find some kind of rhythm with his shot on a nightly basis through shoot-arounds and practice. So him coming back from his injury, I think he finally got that, and we saw that yesterday against Houston. So now that we he's able to carry that kind of stroke going forward, I think we're definitely going to miss LaMelo Ball, but Devontae Graham stepping into the position of – providing that kind of outside shooting. And he's also a great distributor as well, being able to get his players and put them in the positions to score. Now that we have that now, I feel comfortable going forward that we're still able to accomplish everything that we want to accomplish this season, which is making the postseason and making some noise in the postseason. No doubt about it. By the way, with all of the results in from last night, the Sacramento Kings actually beat the Atlanta Hawks who started the day in fourth place. So as you're all tuned into this podcast now, your Charlotte Hornets are alone in fourth in the Eastern Conference. Now, granted, there's only four teams above 500 in the Eastern Conference, so not the highest of bars. Case in point, Memphis, who is currently in ninth place in the Western Conference, if they were in the East, 
they would be in fourth place. So, you know, putting it into perspective, but still, what an accomplishment for the Hornets to go on the road, play on a road trip, the Spurs, the Nuggets, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Rockets, and come away two and three, and when they left home, they were not in fourth place, they'll return home in fourth place. It's a great spot to be in if you're a Hornets fan. P.J. Washington talked after his second straight double-double last night. He had this to say about the road trip. It was great. I mean, that's exactly where we want to be. We got two good wins, and uh, we're excited to go home. We've been on the road a long time. Ready to get home, ready to uh, sleep in our own beds and come out in front of our fans and try to get a win again. So now's the time for uh, the Hive to come alive again. As we touched on earlier, Charlotte is going to have capacity for about 5,000 fans at Spectrum Center. Do you have mask enforcement in place? The pods are socially distanced from one another. This will be as safe an environment as we can possibly make it, and we very much look forward to having more of the great fans of Buzz City with us at Spectrum Center to see this team, an exciting group that's now alone in fourth in the Eastern Conference, West. It's exciting to see our fans come back to the arena. We, we saw a glimpse of it last week in our three home game stand, but now we get to see a much larger capacity of fans that come home on a two-game win streak. Friday cannot get here fast enough. Should be a lot of fun. The Hornets will be playing the Miami Heat. We will have a preview podcast for that one tomorrow. Also special for you tomorrow, we're going to have a conversation with James Herbert, who just completed a great in-depth piece on the Hornets for CBSSports.com. Definitely recommend this. It's a long read, but it's a great read. It's titled Inside the Hornets' Nest, LaMelo Ball's Injury Doesn't Change What Charlotte is Building. It goes way back even before LaMelo was drafted and talks about the culture, the identity, the mindset, the philosophy, the way this team has come together and how they play and why, quite frankly, they were a league pass favorite for so many national writers and NBA followers for this season. It's not just LaMelo Ball. The analogy I would use is the fire was already started and LaMelo Ball was a big tank of gasoline that just got dumped on it. And now it's a raging inferno that is encompassing all of NBA fandom. But this style of play, it seems to be here to stay. Definitely recommend that piece by James Herbert. It'll be good prep for you because we will have him on the Hivecast tomorrow. Wes Robinson, thanks for joining us again here on the HHC. Thank you. I really appreciate it and go Hornet. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. We look forward to talking to you tomorrow with our preview podcast for the game against the Miami Heat. Till then, for everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us on the Hornets Hivecast and in the words of LaMelo Ball. Thank y'all. Have a good day. Wear your mask. Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.